0: who's so pumped that NYC happened who's so bummed that they're not in the video who's coming next year it's gonna be fun hey i silent goal i'll just tell you guys this one time i won't tell you ever again we brought uh 53 people to NYC this last year i think that we could make it a hundred next year and i think it would be really fun what do you think All right, guys, I'm excited for tonight. If I'm being honest, um, feels like too long every time we have a break, doesn't it? Yes, feels like too long if it's been a while since you've been in the room, doesn't it? Yeah, okay, I'm gonna just. I'm feeling Pentecostal charismatic tonight, so I'm gonna need a little bit of response, a little bit of at least yes when I ask a, a nice question. Like, You guys are all looking great tonight, right? Yeah, absolutely. You guys are all feeling tired tonight, right? Yeah. No, you're not, you're feeling hype, you're ready to go. Okay, God put a word on my heart, guys. One thing we do at NYC is we have uh, a specific day, right, that we talk about giving. They talk about missionaries. We hear from a missionary. We hear from a really cool missionary this last time that was actually in um, Kabul, Afghanistan, which is that place, you know, where the military got pulled out at the last minute. He was there up until that last minute when they got pulled out. Many different times he faced. angry Muslims uh, at his door saying that he couldn't preach the gospel anymore. They're going to shoot him, kill him, kill his family. Crazy stuff, right? But God showed up time and time again, and he was alive and well with us there, and the gospel had gone forth into some villages and actually saved entire family groups. Shared about a time that he was in Turkey, and the gospel uh, changed entire Uh, family group there, like 50 to 100 people that actually all lived in the same apartment building, but were all like related. And so they just shared the gospel from one to another just because he was willing to talk about Jesus, just because he was willing to get dinner with some friends and talk about Jesus. It was crazy cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight. One of the things that we did last year was our big give, like Jessica said, and it ended with me not getting good hair until like sometime in August. I don't know if somebody laughed when I said good hair. Do I not have good hair? Is my hair not good at all right now still? I put a little bit of gel in it tonight, I don't know. All right, I'm gonna wear a hat next week. So, our world youth, will you embark on this journey to dye Miley's hair with me? I'm excited. I almost got her to go bleach blonde, but she decided to back out last minute and change it up to dark because she said she's done it before. And when I, she said dark, I said, it has to be really dark then, like darker than mine. And she said yes. Unless you wanna do the highlights like I have, the gray highlights? No, okay. So let's make that happen because the world needs Jesus and we can help, all right? So the campaign, so that all may know. What we're gonna do each week is have an offering box at the front that you can bring whatever money you've raised throughout the week. I'll talk a little bit more about some creative ideas for you, you'll be able to drop that off and at the end, on November 15th, if you raise $15,000, you can dye or we can watch Miley's hair become dyed um, black. She doesn't think you're going to do it. And I have a lot of faith that we can do it and it's going to be fun. $15,000. Last year we did 7,000 and it didn't feel like you guys tried. So, if you try, we can do 15. Not to mention there's about 20 to 30 more people in this room right now than there was last year. All right? All right. So, I'm going to queue up these videos quick. I think that's the next thing on the slideshow, yeah? Let's watch
1: this one. My name is Joel Marbet. My wife Lee and I were missionaries in the Amazon jungle of Ecuador. And I'm here today just to talk to you about the unconventional ways that Speed of Light has helped us reach over 70 communities that just 20 years ago had never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. They've helped us purchase dugout canoes, they've helped us purchase horses, they've helped us purchase buses for our girls' home that transport little girls every day back and forth to classes. But one of the most incredible things that takes place, it's not over the top unconventional, but we are we are supplied with the materials by Speed of Light to do our VBS every summer. And uh, this past summer, we had over 3,000 little kids whose entire lives were transformed because they heard the gospel message for the very first time in their life. And during one of these VBS's just, uh, not too long ago, uh, a lady that was 85 years old heard the gospel for the first time. She came all three days to VBS. The final day, she gave her heart to the Lord. And as I sat there and I talked to her, and she cried tears of joy because she had heard the gospel message, she looked at me and she gave me a massive hug, and she said, I have a question for you. She said, if this is true, why did it take so long for someone to come and tell me? And that's my question for you today, is there's an entire world filled with people who are asking that same question. If it's true, why are we taking so long to get it to them? We're looking for unconventional ways to reach the unreached. Thank you guys so much.
0: All right, 3,000 kids changed by the gospel in one week because students like you across the country have given more than $500 million to Speed the Light. 500 million. You guys can, can you comprehend that number? 500 million? 5.2 million in the last two years to students just in Minnesota. 7,000 from us and 60,000 this last weekend at NYC was given in one day, one offering. How cool is that? Is it cool? It should like hype you up. It's pretty cool. The, the best part about students when they go to raise money is sometimes you guys can't comprehend how much a lot of money is because you haven't had to pay for like a house yet or anything. But this is a lot of money. 60K is a lot of money. You know how long it takes me to make 60K? Like 10 years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of money, okay? So the world needs Jesus and we can help. And we are going to help by giving to Speed the Light. Miley, why are you getting your hair dyed? Because 3,000 kids can hear about Jesus in another country. And I'll op it this one, okay? I wasn't gonna do it. I wasn't gonna do it. Is Jessica in the room? I don't see her. Pray. I will totally shave my head. Again, if you can make it to 20,000. I'm not joking. I totally will shave my head if you can make it to 20,000 because I care that much because I really want 3,000 more kids in another country to hear about Jesus and it excites me that that excites you to give money to speed the light. I hope you just do it for Jesus but if I have to shave my head, I will, okay? I really will. All right, we have a. An- are you excited? All right, so we'll see how we do. Because we have a running total this week, we can update you every week, and you know how hard you have to work to make it happen. All right, let's watch this next video, and then I'll keep going.
2: My name is Dick Brogdon, and my wife Jennifer and I are missionaries in Saudi Arabia. We're thankful for the unconventional ways that Speed the Light has helped us spread the gospel. We have these pocket-sized wireless routers loaded with information that drives people to web pages that we control. And you can sit in a cafe or on an airplane and turn these things on. And people searching for free Wi-Fi can go onto these websites and download the Jesus film or get Bible content. Flying over Saudi Arabia, one of those in the pocket, going back to the bathroom just to see who's watching stuff. Coming back up the aisle and seeing this plane full of Saudis, about 20 of them watching the Jesus film. Thank you, Speed of Light, for that unconventional gift. Another issue is that many times Bibles very difficult for believers to have. So we've got these black light flashlights, and so it's just a blank journal. If you open it, you can't see anything. But under the cover of darkness with that black light, the scripture is illuminated. Thank you for that unconventional way of getting the gospel out. We were also privileged at one time to have two speed of light camels, and had the unique distinction of not only riding our speed of light vehicles, but also eating them, because a famine came in, and so we had to slaughter those camels and feed the village. Thank you, speed the light, the The unconventional ways, the gospel.
0: All right. Unconventional ways of sharing the gospel require unconventional ways of raising money. Now, let's make sure you caught those three things he talked about. The first one, wireless routers that are actually, um, they, they're like a Wi-Fi router, right? But it also has stuff programmed onto it. So like the Jesus movie and Bibles and Bible studies and stuff like that. So they're going through the airport and someone's looking for Wi-Fi. They can hook up to that thing for free and they can watch like the Jesus movie on an airplane. Is that cool or what? In a country, Saudi Arabia, where you can't be a Christian, they're using Wi-Fi routers to reach people for Jesus because they can't really say the words out of their mouth without getting shot at or something, right? Then secondly, he's got these blank notebooks, right? If look at your notebook, if you haven't taken notes, then you have a blank notebook. And his are special. When you highlight them with a black light, the Bible is on the blank notebook. You need a black light to see it. How cool is that? It's like there's times in the past that missionaries have stories of, like, Bibles disappearing before the eyes of someone who didn't want them Christians to have them. Well, this is like Bibles always disappeared until you have a black light. It's just so cool. It's like the Holy Spirit illuminating the scriptures for real. Um, He does that for real anyways. But you know what I'm saying? You're not reacting. You guys are really loopy tonight, huh? Just so tired. All right, you know what I'm saying. Okay, and then the last one is the camels, my favorite part. This video I watched and I was like, whoa, that's crazy. He rides the camels to the villages to tell them about Jesus. A famine sets in, and they have no food, and they eat the camels. How cool is that? Speed the Light, or this missionary organization that we're giving to, not only purchases vehicles for people to go in to unreached people groups or different places that they can hear the gospel, but they also feed them with the vehicles. Yeah, I don't know how they got out of that village. I'll ask Dick next time I see him. I haven't seen him in like two years, but maybe I'll text him or something. Sometimes he answered. All right, but... Really cool, really, really cool. So we, it requires unconventional ways. So I am challenging you to think outside the box. We're gonna have a moment in a little while at the end of the message where you're going to have the opportunity to write down on the piece of paper how much God is challenging you to try to raise for Speed to Light. Do not think about how much money you make every week. Do not think about how much money is in your bank account. Do not think about how much money is a lot of money. Think about what God wants you to raise and how much he wants you to put forth, how much effort. It's gonna take some unconventional thinking. You might have to use your parents' Facebook to start a bake sale. You might have to go through your closet and get rid of the clothes that you've never worn and sell them to your friends or something. I don't know. You might have to go to a thrift store and try to flip stuff. I, I have no idea. But be unconventional in your thinking because if they can think of ways like that to share Jesus with people, then we can think of some cool ways to raise money. What do you say? Yeah. All right. We're going to make it happen. So you guys decide what the goal is. Jess and I will total the numbers. We'll let you know. And then we'll see if you can raise $20,000 to shave my head and to dye Miley's hair. We have to do both, sorry. Okay, now we're going to switch gears just a little bit. Hopefully that inspires you to want to give some money to speed the light. But we're going to switch gears. You ready, Ash and Brendan, Cole? To switch gears. You see my shirt? It says, the youth will be saved. And that slide says, the youth will know Jesus. I'm sitting in message on... Uh, Friday at NYC and he starts talking and I go, oh, I know where he's going. He's going to tell these students that the only reason that there's people not in church is because of them. He's going to tell these leaders that the only reason there's people not in church is because of them. He's going to tell the students that the only reason that there's a dying world left is because we're scared to tell them about Jesus. Jesus. I love that first part of that first video. I loved it, I loved it, I loved it. When he goes, why, not his first part, but you know, as we get going in that first video, why did they wait so long to tell me if there's news this good? It's no joke, guys. We can't take it as a joke anymore. We can't be like, oh, there's someone else out there. There's someone else doing it. There's that. We need the gospel for ourselves, absolutely. And if you don't know Jesus yet, then I invite you onto this journey with me. Come find me. Come find Jessica. Come find a leader. Ask a friend who does know Jesus. How do I get to know? How do I get that fire inside of me? Not a show. I'm really hyped for Jesus tonight. Not a show. I actually am so excited that we're giving money to missions and that we're getting excited about inviting people to church. So, so excited. Because the youth will know Jesus. And you know how the youth will know Jesus? You'll tell them. I can't tell them. I can't. Did you know that I can't go into the high school and tell people about Jesus? I can't go into the middle school and tell people about Jesus. I really can't. Who can, Maya? You can. I can't reach you any more than you can reach yourself. I will work so hard, Jessica and I will work so hard to make these services worthwhile, to make this a place that you want to be, to design merch that will inspire you to invite people to church, but nobody else is going to come if you don't tell them about it. Social media helps us like this much, but did you know that 50% of people that you invite to church will say yes? 50%. This room should be overflowing, y'all. It should be. There's 5,000 kids in the high school. We don't have enough churches in Elk River to fit every kid on a Wednesday night. Not enough churches. There's not enough churches in Elk River to fit the residents of Elk River. There's not enough churches in Minnesota to fit the residents of Minnesota. That's a problem. I love the other youth pastors here in Elk River, but I echo their desire for their churches to grow, and I sit with the same challenge. How do I inspire you to invite people to church? And I've come to one conclusion as I was sitting there, came to one conclusion. The only way that I can inspire you to to invite people to church is for you to experience something at church that you don't get anywhere else, right? That's why the last two weeks have been so, 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 so intentional. Not last week, two weeks ago. The first message God literally put on my heart, He said, Cole, these students need to just come clean. They just need to be fresh. They just need to experience something that they haven't because they're holding back a certain something in their heart, a certain sin, like a thing that's bugging them. It keeps eating away and taking away from my time with them. We did that. You guys surrendered things at the altar that I have now heard testimony from in two weeks. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding at all. People put note cards up here. There was pornography. There was relationships. There was boyfriend-girlfriend stuff. There was sex. There was drugs. There was alcohol. You don't understand. After we read those, prayed through them, and I don't do it to know your business. I can't see your handwriting, okay? We read through those. We prayed for them. And then this week after NYC, I had five students text me and ask to share testimony about how God has moved in their life in the last week. I can't hear you. We serve a living God who wants to have a relationship with us. Would we be willing to share that with other people now? We took our time. We got healthy. We met Jesus. That's why I saw it. I was praying over here. I'm on my knees uh, before coming up onto stage. And I said, God, like, like you did it. Not like he wasn't going to do it. But he actually did it, and I got to see it. Now you get to see it, I'm telling you about it. You're gonna to get to see more. We're gonna start filming some of these testimonies. There's too many to do them on stage. They're like, they have real stories, really deep, a lot of stuff, I wanna film them. I wanna put them on social media. I want you to be able to share them with your friends and see that like God actually still moves. Not only did he move in that way and take away addiction and sin and different things that were messing with people's lives, but then he also, the next week, he started healing us physically. How cool was that? How many people in the room were healed physically or mentally on that Wednesday night? Your hands aren't in the air. How many people in the room were healed mentally or physically on that Wednesday night? Why are you ashamed of the fact that God healed you? Can I see your hands up higher? You should be so excited. Can we hear a little bit of a clap for that? Are we not excited that God moved in that way? It doesn't seem like you're very excited. I don't know why you're not excited. It's Wednesday night. I get it, okay? Let's uh, let's turn in our Bibles if you have them to Romans five six through eight. If you don't have them, you can find it up there on the screen. I'll give you two, three, two, one. I don't know why I started with two. Here we go. Romans five six through eight says, "You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though. For a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Not actually, but they might dare. Right." But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He showed up. Showed up for you before you confessed that sin. Showed up for you and healed your body maybe before you even fully trusted him. He wants to show up for your friends. They don't need to know Jesus before they come to youth. They need to know Jesus when they come to you. They need to learn about Jesus by coming to you. They need to get into church on Sunday morning. And how are they gonna get into church if you can't tell them about it? I'm not trying to shame anybody here. I'm trying to inspire you. I want you to feel passionately the next time you see someone in the halls and they don't know Jesus or they don't go to church or they don't have a church or you've never talked about God to say like, hey, my life was changed because of Wednesday night. Will you come and check it out with me? You don't have to share the gospel with them. I would love it if you did because they need that too. But my life was changed because I came to youth on Wednesday night. I'm not the same person because I came to youth on Wednesday night. And you're not. I I know many, many, many of you. And you're not the same person that you were even three weeks ago. But this was one of the things that the speaker said on that Wednesday or that service on Friday. He said, God doesn't need you, he wants you. So you might be thinking, oh, yo, yo, why me? Like, why, why do I have to go and tell these people about Jesus? Well, you don't need to. You really don't. I mean, he asks us to tell people about Jesus. He asks us to come to church and participate in a relationship and worship him. He, he asks us, right? But he doesn't need that for himself, Psalm Psalm 50 is written from God's perspective. It says this in verse 11. Know every bird in the mountains and the insects in the fields are mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you for the world is mine and all that is in it. That's what God says. He doesn't, he don't need nobody at all, but he wants you and that should inspire you to live out a purpose for him. Because he wants you. I mean, like how many times in your life have you wanted to feel wanted? dude, I still feel that. I know Jesus and I have a wife and I still feel that sometimes. Just like, ah, oh, I wish I felt wanted. And then I think to myself, it, it, am I even like trying to get it from God? Or am I just saying like, hey, Jessica, give me more attention. Why don't my friends text me back? I wanna go do something fun. I haven't done anything in a few weeks. Like, right? All the anxious thoughts start to creep in. But we just have to remember that there's a God in heaven that wants you. And he wants you to participate in his story. God invites us to partner with him, not because he needs us, but because we need him. If we don't step into partnership with God, we're not stepping into relationship with him. If we're really being honest right now, students, and myself included, leaders in the room, if we're not willing to, to partner with God in his desire to love other people, then we're not willing to be in relationship with him. This is, is a thing that I think the American church is really numb on. I can just have relationship, personal relationship with Jesus. That's cool, you can. But you're halfway there. Are you partnering in God's plan? God's plan? To, to seek and save the lost. That's why Jesus came. To seek and save the lost, to heal the brokenhearted to touch the person who, who was yet to know him and to heal their body physically so that they could wake up to this idea that God was real. And that's why I'm saying that people don't need to know Jesus to come to youth. I might freak them out, that's okay. I promise not to scare your friends too much. But for real, why do they have to know Jesus before they come to youth? Or ask them before? Or they said they're not about God? That's why we're having those invite nights. That's why we're, we're being really intentional because I think that there is hundreds of kids in each of your high schools. I'm talking Elk River, Rogers, Spectrum, West. Your PSEO programs. There's more high schools. Becker High School, there you go that need to know Jesus and would say yes if you ask them to join you in community because Wednesday night changed your life Colin, Colin got us hyped up during worship for a second which was popping by the way you guys sounded amazing um, can you raise your hand I won't even look can you raise your hand I'm going to look after are they raise their hands But raise your hand if Jesus changed your life really good no shame in the house. Okay, now put your hand down. No, 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 not yet. Just, just wait, wait till I say the thing. Put your hand down if you've never told anybody about it. Really good. Put your hand down because we're we're in community here. Okay. Still, again, no shame. Trying to inspire. Put your hand down if you haven't told anybody about it in the last two weeks. That's good. Now put your hand down if you haven't told anybody since yesterday. Oh, we got some. Good job, guys. Let's give them a hand. Okay, why am I doing that? Why am I doing that? Not to cast shame on anybody else, but to say this. Did you notice that almost every hand in the room, if not every hand, could say that their lives were changed in some way by God? Did you notice that? Yes. Did you notice that almost everyone had shared Jesus with somebody at some point about how he had changed their life? Did you notice? Okay. Did you notice that we all basically went down when we got to the last two weeks? Did you notice? No shame. We're all in the same spot. And that's a beautiful part of this. Look around you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to invite people to church Yeah, now turn to your other neighbor and say, because Jesus loves them. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, and I love them too. Because that's the reality, right? We already know Jesus loves them. They don't know Jesus loves them. And they don't know that you love them because you didn't tell them yet. If we actually cared about those people, then we would tell them about Jesus. I have invite cards. If you want an invite card, let me know. I have a stack of them. I'm glad you want them. Come find me afterwards. I don't have them right now. All right, let's move on here real quick. Acts chapter 17, 24 to 27 says, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord in heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by human hands. I'll let you guys catch up just a second. 17, 24 to 27. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. From one man, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him. And perhaps, I love that word, perhaps, maybe, right? Maybe reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. It's so good. He did all of those things, created us, breathed into us, made the world that we live in, appointed times in history, boundaries even to the sense of countries, right? States, cities. I mean, I think he's that big that he did that. Is that intentional? And did it all so that we would seek him, And perhaps reach out. Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder. Just their shoulder. That's how close God is to you. Do you get it? How close is God? He's not far from any one of us. He's right there. Will we be intentional to reach out and share with our neighbors that fact? And then I'll ask you this one. If you guys actually raise $20,000, that's amazing. If you raise fifteen, dollars that's so cool. If you break $7,000, that's awesome. But why are we so quick to give so much money to missions, but we're too embarrassed to invite someone to church? Because if we're being real, we're singing that song, right? I almost came on a stage and then Colin started talking. Uh, Holy Ground, right? How's it go? Is it chains fall? Is that the first one? I'm not gonna. I'm gonna sing it. I really, I was gonna for a second. Not gonna. Chains fall. Second line, someone shot it. Fear bow. Wait, what? Fear bow. What bow? Fear. Who's afraid? You are. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Not so far off. I wouldn't say that to most people, but you're right in this sense, right? I am embarrassed sometimes to invite someone to something. I don't wanna feel rejection, I want to be wanted. I'm embarrassed, hence afraid, to invite someone to church. But we're saying fear, bow, because Jesus changes everything. If you believe that, and you're excited about it, and you're singing about it, worship team, you guys can come back up. Then would we be so willing to invite some people to church? So that they could experience it too. Some of you guys are, are crushing. You guys can go ahead, that's cool. You're crushing. You're inviting people to church. I am so glad that you are getting excited and hype on inviting people to church. And others of you are just like some of the leaders and myself in the room that have been feeling some fear, and that person across the street needs to know about Jesus, and it's as simple as a conversation, but I just don't wanna have it. And I'm thinking to myself, God is so big, why does he need me? Do you ever think that? He's so big, they're gonna hear about him without my help. But if I'm willing to be in relationship with God, then I have to be willing to partner with him in his purpose, and his purpose is what? His purpose is that the whole world would get to know him. That that whole world would have a chance to know Jesus. So we're embarking on this challenge. I truly believe that God is calling us to reach out like never before, 100%. And God is asking you right now, he's asking me, he's asking you leaders in the room, will you be the reason that the youth know Jesus? Will you be the reason that the adults know Jesus? I mean, you can flip it however you want to. Are you going to be the reason? Wow. Or are you just going to sit back and say, someone else can do it? That's good. So, there's no cards in the room. Jessica has them, and some pens, and two baskets, okay? Here's how this works. We're going both ways on this challenge. We're not just going to raise $20,000. I already truly believe that you are going to raise $2,000 because you liked it when I was bald. We're not just going to raise $20,000. There are 90 people in this room right now. 80, 90 people, okay? Okay. I'm challenging each and every one of you, adults included, it doesn't have to be the youth if you're an adult, to invite three people to church in the next three weeks. And when I say invite people, I I love that we send out texts to our friends that need to hear it. I love that, that we just nonchalantly say it, but really, really, really intentionally say, so intentionally say, Will you come to youth on Wednesday because it changed my life? $20,000, okay? How many people do you think we could have here on November 15th for our big give night? There's 90 people. I asked you to invite three, meaning that like one would come. How many people are going to be here? I, I really think that there could be 200 students in the room on that Wednesday? What do you think? Do you want 200 kids or 200 more students to hear about Jesus? Do you? Do you want it to change your high school? Then let's get them in church because we have a source And he's the only reason any one of us are still on this earth. There are people in your schools. There are people that you're writing their names down right now. And and they were going to commit suicide, but you invited them to church, and they found Jesus. There are people whose names that you're writing down, and they, they were going to make some bad decisions with drugs and alcohol, but they're not going to because they're going to come to church. There are people that have been feeling depressed and alone for way too long, but they're not going to anymore. You know why? Because they came to church. Let's try it again. Because you got it. So two pieces one you're inviting three friends i want to see three friends on each sheet if you don't have friends then you go ahead and put like this this one kid like you don't know their name yet like if you don't have friends that like don't know jesus that you that they already know jesus so why would you invite them out again you know really really quickly and then the other thing is your your goal how much money you feel like god is putting on your heart to raise so over here on this side over here on this side, is is a basket. There's a card in it. All of your cards can go into this basket, okay? On top of that is a number that says you can, you can put down what you're giving tonight. If you have cash on you and you want to start working towards that 20K goal, go for it. We had students at NYC that skipped a meal because of it, no joke. They gave their money because they felt like God called them to, and they just went hungry until I fed them again. And then over here on this guy, you guys can do the same thing. Your cards go in here, and then any cash that you want to put in there. Go ahead, put it in whenever you're ready. If you've got your thing on there, you put it in. And I'm just going to share one story really fast. Okay, so this, this guy, NYC, bring it down for one second. This, this guy at NYC uh, at is sharing a, a testimony, right? Somebody goes through like life trauma. They get fired up for Jesus. They find him. Here's what he did. The youth group was a hundred people and one person went, went on a mission to invite his entire high school to youth group. He went to each lunch table every week, like not every week, but he switched tables every week to get to know some people. He had a reputation for being like a not cool kid, a really mean, nasty football player who like just was too tough for anyone in any relationship. He goes to each lunch table different throughout the rest of his senior year. The youth group of 100 grew to 500 people in six months. Because when you invite someone to church, their 50% chance they're gonna say yes. Some of you, God's calling you to do just that. You don't have a ton of people in your life, not a lot of relationship, but you have someone who changed your life and you have an opportunity to get them in the building where they can experience the same life change and we can change the world together. So the other half of this was, was just that. And we're going to, we're going to go into this, this,